Hey, Excess Rock listeners. <clears throat> You've got Bobby here, and you're listening to a very special podcast this week. We're talking to Mike Torelli, vocalist for Holy Mother. You may also remember him uh, from Messiah's Kiss, as well as uh, Jack Starr's Burning Star, and did he also did vocals for um, Riot. So a large metal history there. Uh, Mike is a very talented guy, sounds uh a lot like Ronnie James Dio at times, although he has a pretty tremendous range that covers a lot of area. Um, I recently discovered Holy Mother, although I knew of Mike and some of his other projects, uh, and I've just been blown away by um, what they've done, uh, as you'll hear in this uh, interview that I did with Mike. Um, So Mike's a terrific guy. They have a brand new album coming out uh, called Face This Burn, comes out Friday, January the 22nd of 2021. Definitely pick it up. It is a must-listen-to album. One of the best things I've heard in a long, long time. Um, right before we start our interview with Mike, I'm going to let you listen to a little uh, snippet here of one of the songs. It's the title track, Face This Burn. Well, you know, the reason I wanted to do this, and I wanted to set up this interview uh, with you as, as soon as I could, um, I absolutely love the new Holy Mother album. And wh- what made this so, I guess, interesting or, or unique for me, um, you know, I'm a longtime metal fan. I, I, I'm a fan of yours. I remember your work from, you know, back working with Jack Stars, Burning Star. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, back in the 80s, yeah. And, um mm-hmm. For some reason, and I consider myself kind of this connoisseur of metal, this guy that tries to keep up with everything, yeah. you guys, Holy Mother, slipped by me somehow, right? <laughs> so, yeah. so, so during that 90s period, I, 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 I'm embarrassed to say that, um, but I'm glad that I found you now um, yeah. because, uh, you know, I mean, you got a lifelong fan, let me tell you. Oh, so, so, yeah, so I had a chance to – this all started with me getting a, a promo copy of um, – of the new album, Face This Burn. Um, and I was like, man, this is just, this is killer. This is great stuff. You know, I mean, and so then I realized, you know, that this was not your first album or by any means uh, that you guys mm-hmm. had around for quite some time. Um, right. So did a little research, um, you know, found out to, you know, what albums you guys had put out um, and um, immediately started buying your discography. Awesome. <laughs> Right. Um, Some of the stuff is really hard to get. It is, it is, but I'm telling you, it is fantastic. And I'm gonna say that you know, around '96 was when I got married, started trying to start a family. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that's my excuse for somehow missing you. Is that <laughs> that that I was well, somehow really involved in in other aspects of my life at that point in time? I think we're all we're also in the same boat with that, you know. One foot in the music business, one foot out, having families, yeah. divorces, you know. Sure, sure. Understandably. Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm almost like I said, I'm almost ashamed because you, you guys are just incredible. I mean, it's one of the best things I've heard in years, and 
and I mean that sincerely. You know, I listen to a lot of music, a lot of the stuff that I get to review as a journalist. You know, we're bombarded with stuff. Mm-hmm. And and frankly, I'm disappointed with most of it. I got to be honest. Yeah. Um, but not with this. I mean, this is just fantastic. So, so tell me a little bit about. Um, we'll start with the, the latest album. Tell me about Face This Burn. I mean, you guys re- reunited after quite a while. You know, you guys had kind of been yeah. on a hiatus, right? Yes. Um, since I think it's like seventeen year hiatus. Um, basically. Um, same thing. I mean, you shouldn't be ashamed, obviously, but, uh, you know, we were on a small label in Germany and back then we were uh, working on small budgets and, um, it was, it was difficult to, to support the album and and it's, uh, the way it should have been supported. You know, we got great reviews in Europe back in, you know, uh, toxic rain and criminal after, afterlife days, um, and that's basically getting back to your question, why you probably didn't see us on, on the radar back in 96, 97. Um, but with that said, we did take time off getting off that subject. Um, Face this burn, we decided to put Holy Mother back together, uh, mm-hmm. even though Randy was Randy Coven was the original bass player, and he yeah. recorded every Holy Mother album. But great he had, bass player. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great, great. Well, I mean... He, uh, Randy has been a part of a lot of, uh, great musicians, a lot of great artists that everybody knows, like Yngwie Malmsteen, Zach Weld, uh, Steve Vai, Al Pacirelli. Yeah. You know, he's done all that. And, and, uh, he's, you know, he passed like six years ago. So, uh, Jim and I, the drummer of the original members, and we just started to put it back together. Um, what, what started it was we were going to do, uh, like, go back to the back catalog and try to release it. And uh, it brought us back together, but we were always in contact. I would send him over songs. I'm always writing songs. And the first song was No Death Reborn. And wow. I used it. I was using it for a project that I was doing called Rising Five. And yeah. uh, I sent him over the music. And he was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. And with me, I would just sing a melody. And uh, like, mom, you know, uh, I would be like, sing anything, but the melody would be there with some of the lyrics that I'm mumbling. And he would come back to me with uh, the, with lyrics, and I'd be like, wow, this is crazy, you know? I mean, when you hear that song, it's kind of got a dark sound to it, so I knew sure. Jim is a writer. He's he's written two, uh, two books, actually. Uh, so I know oh, wow. when he was, yeah. So I know when he what he was, uh, there were like fiction, uh, horror fiction Mm-hmm. But he was, so I knew he would come back with a lyric that would fit that song, but it was incredible, you know. Then I added my, my daughter's voice in the chorus, which made it even more eerie, you know. Yeah, I thought so, very, too. Yeah. Nice touch, though. It's very cool. Yeah, she's, she's very talented. She's 13. But anyway, so we, you know, decided to put it back together. And uh, I'm also part of a band called Messiah's Kiss, and we're a massacre. Mm-hmm. And then I heard that Massacre teamed up with ASM Records. So, you know, I called Thomas Hurtler, and um, he was very interested in in uh, signing the band. And I've had, I you know, always writing, like I said. And then uh, Jim and I said, hey, let's put Holy Mother back together. I mean, I've always getting, getting uh, you know, um, fan base contacting me from everywhere, from Japan, mm-hmm. from the days I was in the band Riot, 
I was singing sure. with uh, Ryan for a while. And uh, South America, of course, Europe and Germany. You know, all Germany was the biggest. And uh, I thought it would be a great idea. And uh, I had a lot of songs that I felt, uh, you know, really strong about the style and everything. And uh, I wanted to mix classic heavy metal with a modern twist with really good production, you know? So, and you absolutely nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. And I'm so happy that you really, really are on the same page as what me and Jim feel. Because when I'm when I was doing this, I'm like, I really feel so strong about the songs. You know, it, everything mm-hmm. has a little bit of a dimension, a little different dimension. You know, and um, when you wrote the when your review came out, it was like it totally hit home. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, huh. I, Bobby really gets exactly what we're, we were trying to do. I mean. Every musician probably feels that way. But when you said it, it just really, like I said, he hit home. You know, I'm like, Jim, this is great. I mean, you notice the production, you know, the sound, uh, the songwriting, um, and what we were trying to capture, you know, and I appreciate that. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm glad, you know, that, that it resonates back to, to you guys, you know, that, that that was, you know, of course, your goal. And a lot of times I get bands to, you know, obviously I, I grew up with, the, you know, 80s classic heavy metal um you know that that's you know my background that's what i grew up with so of course i like that sound but you know it's i think as as a musician or or, you know individual band sometimes it's it's probably difficult to be yourself and yet satisfy everybody in these uh, bases because some people want it to sound just like it did in the 80s. Exactly. If you put a modern spin on it, they don't like it. But what you guys have done is done it in a way that I find extremely acceptable and enjoyable. Uh, I've heard other bands try it and fail. Mm -hmm. So so what you guys have done is working. The chemistry is is (laughs) spectacular. I appreciate that. The modern touch does not take away uh doesn't push it into like a new sounding genre necessarily or anything mm-hmm. from the eighties feel of it. But right. uh but yeah, it's uh, you, you guys just you, you hit it on all cylinders. Yeah, thanks. It was it's difficult but you always wanna like you said, you um, I was a little afraid that people oh, you know, it's not doesn't sound like nineteen eighty eight or nineteen you know, whatever. Um but you know what, you just gotta go with your heart and just do what yeah. makes you happy. You know what I mean? So uh I basically uh we did, and in uh, so far, you know, reviews are really good, and I'm so thankful. You know, I mean, music is obviously my whole life. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm in different bands and what I do, but Holy Mother was always my my baby per se. You know, my mm-hmm. you know uh, first. <laughs> so it uh, you know it's great to see that everyone's enjoying it, and I'm you know just thankful. You know, and we're enjoying it ourselves. We just want to get out and and support it and play. You know, we want to get out there and play all the big festivals in Europe and, and, and in America as well. And um, let's hope everything, t- you know, turns around in, in the next four to six months when all the big summer festivals hit and all that. Man, I hope so. I, I think the last concert I went to was November of 2019 mm. um, before all this stuff kicked up. And then, of course, you know, cancellations left and right after that. So. Right, um, and I and I feel for you guys because I know as a musician you you want to get out you want to I mean the reviews are nice too I'm sure but you want to see that band react oh god you know? 
<laughs> I mean, I'm sure you live off of that instant feedback that you guys get when you're on stage. So. Yep. I mean, the music is a tough way to make a living, as we all know. But absolutely. You know, it's like, but it's like a drug, you know, when you get out there and you're playing and people you know, receive it well, you know, it just, it's, you're not even doing it for the money. You're doing it for just, you know, the satisfaction, you know, it's great. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons I, I really wanted to, to set up this interview with you and, and kind of get some more. I wanted to help promote you guys yeah, uh, I, to, to our yeah. listeners and our readers on Excess Rock. Um, right. Because, you know, it's obvious you're, you're not doing this to get rich. You, you love what you do. You can hear it in the music. Um, and you guys are fantastic. So, And I know uh, you're, you're perfectly um, aligned with, with what the majority of our readers and listeners, you know, dig, what they're into. Right. Um, so yeah, so hopefully we can uh, reach a few more people also out there and kind of <laughs> yeah, to kind of help build that base because I, I would love to see you, uh, you know, sell out crowds and have people show up to uh, to see you. That would um, be an awesome thing when you yeah. tour for this album. Right. So let's talk about your time. You, you were in Jack Star's Burning Star, and and James was in the band there with you too, right? So yes, he was. Yep. yep yeah. Definitely. That was great. Great time. Jack lives in Florida as well. Oh. I'm beginning to think half the nation lives in Florida these days because um, what's not to like about it, I guess, but yeah. it's always warmer, especially the, the southern part. So, mm-hmm. and, and people are just uh, fleeing, I think, COVID in some of the other states. Exactly. Exactly. New York is not doing very well, especially Long Island, where I'm from. It's getting, yeah. even, getting even worse. And you know what? Florida, like we said, I mean, the weather's better, of course, but um, as far as how they treat COVID down here is a, is a lot differently than they do in New York. Everybody, like, wears, a, they're wearing masks in their car by themselves. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. But, and then you come to Florida, and I go to the 7-Eleven, and uh, I've always been very uh, conscious of, you know, not getting sick. And sure. So I go into 7-Eleven over here in, in, uh, in Florida, and there'll be like six people in there. I see, and I count. There's like maybe two people wearing a mask and four people aren't. I'm like, wow, maybe they know what the heck. Maybe they know something we don't know. <laughs> it's very, it's very split. Um, it is. You know, I, I'm doing my best, of course, to stay safe. Um, you know, I, I have a, a mom who's uh, 80 and has health issues that lives with us, so we're, we're obviously there trying to protect her, keep her safe. But uh, yeah, it's very split here. You have a lot of people who. You know, uh, want no part of wearing a mask whatsoever, and then you'll have somebody wearing three masks and driving in a, right. around in a car alone. You know, <laughs> well, it's funny so, because back in 2016, we did a small little tour besides Kiss, and uh, we're in the uh, so you know van or whatever. It's a big van with bands in there, and everyone was getting sick. And I'm like, listen, I wore a mask in 2000. Yeah. <laughs> they go, you knew it was coming. I'm like, no, I just listen. If I get sick, we're going home. I'm not gonna. You know what I mean? It's like, so I've always been a uh, germaphobic kind of. Well, and as a vocalist, I mean, that's right. kind of taking care of your instrument, right? I mean, if you, yeah. if you get that's sick, you're just throat or, you know, anything, I mean, that's going to affect your vocals. Exactly. That's why I do it. So, you know what? <laughs> Let's just be thankful that uh, for the things that are great right now, because the way the country is, is just crazy, you know, and it's just, it's just not, not good. You know, it just, yeah. no, no balance. It's crazy. I always say balance is everything. Yeah. If you guys hadn't already written this album, you would probably be able to pull plenty of material because a lot of the songs, I, you know, that you guys write, uh, have a tendency to lean on things that are, 
you know, part of society. And you definitely. <laughs> yeah, we got yeah. some in there, but we there is a little bit in here, and, I, and I'm sure you know po- politics is, a, is probably a bad thing to mix. It's um, terrible. Politics it, it it divides families, it divides friends, yeah. it divides relationships. You know what? I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of it. I don't want to see anything. I just don't want to watch it anymore. No matter what side anyone yeah. is on, what about, yeah. I just want to be in the middle. As a band, I've learned you have to. You, you can't be picking sides, and mm-hmm. and it, it just. I I don't want to pick a side. As a band, Holy Mother, I tell you what, man, we're just trying to be thankful that you know. That I guess we're thankful for what we have, but like yeah. Wake Up America, it's a yeah. song about unity. You know, yeah. As a band, it Absolutely. doesn't take. We don't take sides politically. We believe controversies that politics and politicians create among the people are out of control, and it divides yeah. friends and family. You know. So, yeah, and I agree. I've seen my share of it, and I, you know, right. I tell you, I try to stay out of the fray as much as possible myself. Yeah, I know everyone's got an opinion, but that's fine. Everyone should have an opinion, but yeah. it shouldn't divide people. I mean, come on, it's just silly. Yeah, we're kind of to the point where people can't have civil conversations about it. There, there, there's not a gray area for a lot of people these days. Right. That's right. really unfortunate. It really um, is. So we're getting back hard there. Uh, tell me about your time in the band there, um, going back to, to that just a little bit. Jack Starr, let's see. The first real album that was, uh, you know, kind of international, I would say, mm-hmm. that got recognized in Europe was like 1986. I was 18. At the time, it was my first, you know, something that really meant anything. And uh, yeah, so so you and I are about the same age. So yeah, I was. I, yeah, I, like bought, I bought that album 30. when it came out. Like thirty, right? 30. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah. say that. My calculator says that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was great. I mean, Jack is still a great friend of mine. Um, I recorded, I don't know how many albums actually offhand. Uh, no turning back uh-huh. was a big one. Um, there's the Orange album. Uh, what's the other? Uh, a couple of them, but you know, Jack really put me on the map as far as yeah, uh, reckon you know, getting recognized as far as your, uh, in Europe and stuff like that. So I'm very thankful for that. Jack's a great guy. We still talk, and Jack's Jack's still moving on. And he's doing his thing. So God bless him. Yeah, he released a, a new album um, a year and a half ago, two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, you know, curious if, if there was any talk. Did you guys ever discuss you um, re- reuniting on an album with him at all, or no? A little bit. He wanted me to do some shows, but yeah, I wasn't available at the time. I mean, I'm in different bands here. Well, sure. not here because I'm in Florida, back in New York, and it didn't work out. But we did discuss some things. You know, maybe we'll record a couple of songs together. We'll see how it goes. But uh, cool. the funny thing is that was the last album that he released was a Todd. Michael Hall on that one, or was it? Yes. You, oh, what's Todd? Yeah, Todd I think so. Brilliant. Yeah, Todd Todd and a great guy. So that's funny because Todd was singing all the stuff that I sang, mm-hmm. and you know, <laughs> created created with Jack, and he sang it. Then uh, he went on in Riot after I got in Riot. So it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a lot of uh, I don't want to use the word. Um, I don't want to use the word inbreeding, but in music, especially yeah. in the metal community, there is a lot of you know, transferring of people being yeah. in the same band and crossing paths. It's unique. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, you know, when it comes to your voice, um, you know, I, I bought that first album you did with uh, Burning Star. 
uh, when I was, you know, 18 myself. <laughs> thought it was really cool. Uh, but your voice almost seems to improve with age, which is probably unusual for a lot of people. And I have to say, I hear a lot of um, you, you don't sound like you're imitating anybody. And another reason I want to promote Holy Mother is you don't sound like you're trying to be anybody else except yourself. But I hear I hear some major influence of like a Ronnie James Dio style grit uh, to your yeah. voice sometimes. I hear a little Rob Halford in there sometimes on the high mm-hmm. part. Right. Um, just just freaking amazing. Have you ever had any kind of formal vocal lessons or are you self-taught? Basically, mostly self-taught. But wow. I did take a couple of lessons when I was uh I guess younger or whatever. I used to take uh, lessons off this guy Don Lawrence. Uh-huh. Um, it was very very expensive. I used to have to you know go into the city from Long Island, take the train, get there. It was like a half hour half wow. hour lesson. He uh, actually uh, Sebastian Bach trained with him. Uh, oh, Tony okay. Tony Harnell. Oh wow. Um, I think Bon Jovi as well. John wow. Bon Jovi. Good clientele. So, <laughs> yeah, it was great. I I'll never forget the time I showed up. You know, it was always like. You know, trying to get out to this to this lesson at, on time, and I mm-hmm. showed up like it was only half hour, so I showed up a half hour late. <laughs> and he looked at me. He's like, "All right, you still got to pay me." I'm like, "Oh damn!" I went all the way out there. <laughs> he was a you know, but he I took like six lessons off of him. Uh, and this other this other older fella, he was like, I think he was like 80 years old when I was like six, huh? 17. His name was Maestro Signorelli, and uh, he was in a, a basically local to where I lived. And uh, mm-hmm. I did some lessons with him, but basically self-taught. I mean, you learn off oh. people that you listen to and, and it's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of practice and just doing it, you know, and then uh, taking it to the next level if you can, you know, it's up to basically up to the individual where you want to take your voice and what you want to do. So a lot of time obviously has passed. Well, I shouldn't say a lot of time, but some time has passed that you started at 18 to now, do you have to do anything different uh, to kind of keep your voice in shape these days? Um, I'll tell you what, I'm in uh, different bands. I'm in a, like a top 40 wedding band, so I got to sing uh, stuff that is totally not belting and yeah. different styles. So I had to learn that style. But with that said, you can sing like that. If you know some of the, the, the more pop culture, what they're singing and how they mm-hmm. sing, it's a different technique. They're more... Uh, whispery you know they don't belt you know and it, sure. it's, i was used to just sing uh you know style that you hear as far as holy mother and a deal style and so on and so forth so i had to learn that style but with that said you can't just stick to doing pop music in, in that style because i'll tell you what you start to uh lose that belting <laughs> that ability sure you know? i i can see where that would happen you know you just kind of gradually lower yeah because lower you down your singing. ability yeah, you're like singing uh, Justin Timberlake or or yeah, Maroon Five or or you know basically I tell you why some of the older soulful music stuff is really good because they did belt they were great singers mm-hmm. in the sixties and, yeah. and the seventies those are the guys you want to sing like and uh, with that said now I with uh, COVID and everything we're not playing but I do stick to a routine of doing my vocal exercises because I don't mm-hmm. not want to have to work hard to get back to that range and the power again. It's sure. just, it's a work of, you know, it's work, you know, and it's, it's not de- exciting. <laughs> definitely there though on this album, man. It's great. Thank you. I, I mean, 
Geez, man, I, I just, with that voice, I don't understand why you're not a household name. i, I got to well, be honest. <laughs> I appreciate it really much, a lot. And you know what? I did have, over the years, I had a lot of good opportunities and stuff. It's just sticking around and yeah. and not bailing out of music. It's just like anything else. If you stay in the spotlight, sacrifice, like you said, you got involved with a family. Yeah. And I'm not trying life. to minimize, obviously, Know your success either by saying right. that. No, I'm I just, understand. you know, totally. but I mean, it's just, it seems like you, you know, and there's a lot of bands like that. There's a lot of great bands that just yep. did not commercially, you know, hit that, that top peak, you know, it, it, no matter how hard they tried uh, for various reasons. And, and, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, there's some serious power in your voice. <laughs> Thank you. You know, even back in the, when I was 18 years old, I was in like a local band and mm-hmm. we'd play locally and, and, uh, Mike Portnoy and uh, John Petucci and, and my mm-hmm. young used to come see uh, my band Last Licks. We were doing covers then. And we'd throw in a couple of originals, you know, back they did in the 80s, you know. Sure. And I was doing all the Queensryche stuff and all the Dio. And, and, and they were like, and they wanted me to, uh, they wanted me to sing for Dream Theater. And, and oh, Mike wow. Portnoy just said that like maybe a year ago. Man, you know, we had our, but I was so intimidated by their music. And I didn't have the confidence. I'm like, I, I, these guys are playing in weird timings. And I'm like, <laughs> and John's like, dude, just, you could sing, you know, just sing everything in, in normal, you know, like a 4-4 time. It's fine. We'll work. I went over the first day. They pulled out a blackboard and they started writing like time signatures on a blackboard. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that would be a little intimidating, man. Yeah, I, I know. So you were, then, basically you were that close, though, to being the, uh, in well, the dream theater. Who knows if it would have worked out, but I'll tell you, um, it's funny because even my guitar player in another band was taking lessons off John Petucci, and he's like, Mike, you got to I mean, Petrelli, Al Petrelli's amazing because he took lessons off him, too. Mm-hmm. Petrelli's amazing, but Petucci blows him away. you got to see this. This is amazing. So he would call me up even after they asked me to be in the thing, and he'd be like, come on over, John, come on over, we'll write some songs about all right, hold on. I think I'm in the middle of playing baseball or something like that. <laughs> I mean, it's all up in the individual. It's funny, but those sure. guys are great guys. And I talk to Mike once in a while, Portnoy. So, and that's it, you know. Uh, it's all up to the individual, what you want to do and what you want to push, you know. And sure. I think, guys, there's a lot of great talent out there. And as far as singers, I think when I listen to singers in different bands, I think you can learn from every singer. Not just, yeah. you know what I mean? There's everything you can learn from. So let's talk about the lyrics and the music and, and Holy Mother, if we could. Um, so I understand, like, you and, and, and Jane Paris kind of have a system, right, for how you construct songs a little bit? Uh, basically, Jim writes most of the lyrics. I write most of the music. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what I'll do is, just like I, I actually said on what happened on No Death Reborn, Music, I'll come up and I'll write singing melody. Very mumbly, but there's a lot of lyric that comes out of my mouth, out of my mumbly. And Jim's gotcha. like, oh, that's brilliant. I don't even want to change that word, but what are we talking about? So then we'll talk about a concept. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically when we, when we write lyrics or Jim writes lyrics, we try to come up with a concept that's universal, that everybody can relate, not only relate to, but um, kind of trans- translate what that song means to them. Mm-hmm. Which so I love, I have to say. Uh, you know, I, I like a sort of 
uh, I don't want to say abstract, but I like the fact that it's open to interpretation to the witness. That's exactly what we try to do because yeah. everyone does that anyway. If you talk to Robert Plant, sure. he said the same <laughs> thing when he wrote Stairway to Heaven and all those songs. They never really had one meaning, you know. They tried to make it universal to the True. to the listener. Yeah, so that's cool. Yeah, and I like that. I kind of like that because you're right. We all do it. I mean, songs have a, a part of your history, you know. I mean, that's why I still go back to a lot of the music I grew up listening to. You know, it's a time and place, a memory attached to certain things. And so, yeah, I think we all do that. Well, um, it's kind of funny, just really quickly. That, I mean, I yeah. listen to a lot of modern music as well, uh, on yeah. pain. And I'm trying to get, I'm really kind of getting a little bit sick of what's going on on Octane. In the beginning, I really appreciated it. But I put on Ozzy's Boneyard. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah. Hair Nation. And I go back. I'm like, it's, it's not that we're, that we, just because we lived it, but the music really, really was good. A lot of yeah. that music. Great I agree. Players, great singers. And, and it's, it's very obvious, you know? Yeah, my biggest problem, I think, with a lot of uh, modern music, uh, modern metal, or modern rock, um, tends to be it seems very formulaic very cookie cutter mm-hmm. and it sounds like they're trying to do what was last commercially viable 10 years ago um, right. over and over again to me um, right. and, and maybe that's not the case but there's a lot of these bands that i i just feel are kind of generic you know they they just they're not very, very creative in their sound and, and i think it's a formula trying to be successful rather than just letting their creativity you know, as a band come out. And to me, that's what really music's about. So. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It sounds really, oh, I don't know. Like, actually, I listen very recent, and a band comes on. It sounds like I'm listening to, like, uh, Z100. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> like, a, like Justin Bieber singing. Yeah. They're, like, singing, like, whispering. And all of a sudden, they'll get this in there. It, it's the same formula. All of a sudden, they're like screaming. I'm like, I mean, I don't think they know any different. You know, they don't yeah. have the roots that someone that in their 40s or whatever has the yeah. roots of all kind of music. They're only, you know. Yeah. And, and and like I said, I think sometimes it's a formula for trying to create success. Maybe, I don't know if it's commercial or, or streaming or trying to, to, to reach an audience that they think is there. Um, and, wh- and why not do what, what you're true to, you know, do do what suits you. Uh, and then let the people who like it, uh, you know, gravitate to that. And, and right. so another reason I appreciate a good band like Holy Mother uh, out there not trying to duplicate everything that's already being done. No, no. There's, there's some of the newer bands I, I like a lot. Um, yeah, they're, they are. Not, but they're right. few and far between, right? <laughs> right. I mean, I appreciate them. I don't, I don't love them as much as some of the stuff that we grew up on because I don't sure. think it's the qualities there. And I got to be, it's, it's definitely not the songwriting and the, and the hooks and all that. But bands like Disturbed, I appreciate it. I'll tell you why. The power is great. The production is great. You know, I think it's really, I think his, what they do is really special. And, and I even think Five Finger Death Punch. I mean, I, I like the production and, and that's why I went with, with, uh, with King Charco to, you know, to mix our stuff, to get sure. that element, you know? Yeah, that production is, is fantastic on this new album. Um, yeah, thank you. What would you um, say is probably at this point in your career, what's the single most important thing to you as a musician? Uh, you broke up. The most important thing what? Oh, just the mo- most important thing to you as a musician. These oh, days. 
most important thing to me as a musician is depends. I, I would have to say just, you know, being able to produce and put albums out and, and reach some of the older fans and just be able to uh, play music mm-hmm. and actually make, make a living with, you know, some of the other music that I do. So it's, it's important. And, uh, and just, you know, basically just being out there and being able to uh, just still write music, play music, make money at it and uh, be relevant as well. So this is kind of a loaded question probably, <laughs> but let's say you had to choose one or the other, which would you prefer really writing new songs and recording new albums or, or playing for a live audience, which, which is your ideal if you had to choose one. Well, they, they coexist obviously. But. Yeah, they do. But I guess, you know, especially since COVID has hit, it's, it's more highlighted, you know, but I would play live. is definitely yeah. that. You don't get that feeling, you know? Yeah, I'm sure you missed that. It's an electric feeling, yeah. So, speaking of that, tell me a little bit about some of your memorable live shows um, with, you know, any of the bands you played with. Obviously, you spent time with Riot, Jack Starr, yeah. Holy Mother, Messiah's Kiss. Um, you know, what are some of the memorable shows that you've been on and, um, you know, and or tours? Hmm. Okay, starting with, uh, I guess, Messiah's Kiss, we did... Um, two-month tour of Europe uh, off the first album, Prep or Die, and that was a great tour with Doro Pesh. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was all, all of Europe. That was amazing. Uh, we played, you know, basically everywhere. Plus, uh, our first show was at Rock and Open Air. That was nice. uh, amazing for a band. Just coming out on SPV Records, and yeah. and our manager, Ron Hansel, who he's passed on like four years ago, um, he actually managed the band, and our first show was at Vakken, and it was great. And it, it can, actually, right after the show, we had a meeting, and they were putting together the uh, Doro sh- uh, tour in the fall after Vakken. Mm-hmm. Those, those were great. Uh, one of the greatest shows, I think, on that tour was in Malp in Germany. It was in a cave, and uh, oh, we wow. doing a video. It was great. That was an amazing show. Um, that tour was great. Uh Size Kiss, the, the Magic Circle uh, Festival was amazing with uh, the Size Kiss. That was with Manawa. They were like the headliner. It was a great. Wow. Uh, that was a good lineup. Yeah, Riot was great. Our first show at Riot that I, when I came into the band, was like 2005. Mm-hmm. Was in Granada, Spain, and it was the lineup was Quiet Riot, Riot, and Megadeth, and it was uh, oh, that wow. was great. I was, you know, I was so excited. I'm like, all right, this is great, you know. <laughs> it was a very great show. Uh, even um, Keep It True was a great festival uh, in Germany with Riot. That was a really good show. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, especially for our listeners, and, and, and maybe some of them are in tune to this now, but, I mean, what do you attribute to, I mean, it seems like the fans in Europe, South America, um, these other countries are much more voracious um, fans. They uh, they come out <laughs> to these huge festivals. Um, they seem like they really hold a, a sentiment for um, for not only you know new bands but but the older bands that have been around for a long time. They they, they keep that a little more. Seems like than an Right. They do. Um, 
you know, a lot of the bands I talk to, I mean, (laughs) you know, you go overseas and it's just a completely different uh, mindset, you know, when you go on tour there as opposed to in the States. Yeah, I mean, when I was also, uh, we played in Japan twice with Riot, and they still play in Japan. Japan Mm -hmm. was a a different animal as well. Those fans are unbelievable. But like you said, I mean, they they hold on to their the bands that are uh, been around since the eighties and yeah. even the seventies. I mean, it's it's crazy, and they support them. They're great, great, great fans, and and that's amazing. America's a lot different, I think. You know, as you just said as well. I mean, uh, yeah, it's a little trendy or something. People kind of just move to the next thing and throw everything under the bus as ancient history right away. Right. Or whatever the next trend is that comes along, and it's really unfortunate because yeah, definitely. I, I don't know. You know, I think we're one of the only countries that really does it to that degree. You know, I think uh, so too. It's just strange. Yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. we're maybe we're birthplace rock and roll, so it's different here. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah. but yeah, it is unique. <laughs> definitely. Um, so tell me a little bit about you know personally. I don't want to get too personal here, but your friends and family are they all supportive of you know what you do and. And Definitely now they are. Definitely now. <laughs> but, you know, when I was in my teens doing that, I mean, they weren't yeah. very supportive. I mean, my father uh, was was a cop, a police officer, and my two brothers wow. are police officers. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Dan, my brother Danny's in the in the city. He's a uh, he's a delegate. He's on the board. And uh, so, you know, my, it wasn't my brothers. You know, we were me and my brothers are so tight. We talk every day. Yeah. Group. I'm thankful for that. My father in the beginning was skeptical because of obvious reasons, you know, he, <laughs> he would arrest people doing drugs and you know what I mean? He used to say, I went to uh Nassau Coliseum tonight and I arrested a uh, fly from Slyness family stone because he was buying drugs. And, you know, so that's the only reason why he wasn't supportive in my younger years, you know, sure. as supportive. But yeah. later on he was, he was like, wow, you know, he's proud. He's proud of me, you know? Cool. Very cool. So what advice do you have for new bands that are trying to get started? I think it's a tough hustle these days. I just don't. Just don't yeah. get involved. <laughs> there's, enough, there's enough competition. First of all, today, everybody's got a microphone and, a, uh, and some kind of studio in their, in their bedroom. And, uh, and they're putting out singles on Spotify. And it's, the market is flooded. And yeah. it's flooded with classic bands, which is great because they've been around. And, sure. But there's also bands... Like, you know, there's no such thing as a rock star anymore today. You know, it's, it's not so special, it seems like. You know, back in our day, I mean, you, see oh. David, well, you know, 90% of the, these, uh, well, pop stars too, I mean, you don't know who the heck they are. When they, you know, they don't have any, the identity that they had back in the day, you know? Yeah, so, and I could, be, I could be wrong, but it seems like the record industry has reversed. In other words... In my mind, the record industry used to go out, find the artist, you know, they'd go check out the scene, mm-hmm. play live, sign them to a deal, and groom them to be right. a star, right? right. Bring right. the stuff right. out. Nowadays, mm-hmm. it seems like with social media and all that aspect, pretty much everybody's on their own. It's a free-for-all. You yep. come out, you try, you try to get noticed, you try to get seen, and if you build up a big enough following, then they'll take a little note and sign you to like a token there you go. Contract. You know why? Because they lost so much money over the years with album. There's no such thing as album sales like they were. True. So they have no risk. It's called the no risk. Yeah, exactly. So what they do is they check someone's social media. Yeah. If you built up, if you built up a, a strong social media, 
you have like 500,000 followers, it's a no-brainer. They'll pick you up. They'll take you. But with that said, sometimes you why go with them? You know, you're giving yeah. all your, your fans to them. Um, yeah. So that's what they do. You know, it's easy for them. They sit back and wait. Yeah, no matter how exactly. much they like you or like your music, uh, it doesn't matter. You know? Yeah. So originally, you know, who inspired you? I mean, when you guys got started, I mean, like you said, you were 18. Who, who were you listening to when you when you hit the scene? I mean, who who was your who were you looking up to or listening to as far as music goes? Um, when I first, you know, you first hear like Kiss records and stuff like that. Sure. You know, I I I liked Kiss, but uh, I actually had like I think I was in like fifth grade, sixth grade. This girl used to get me all, used to buy me all these records because her father worked at the record store. Oh, cool. He'd bring me all, bring me all Kiss records. Then she also <laughs> brought me Kiss. And a Barry Manilow record. <laughs> so I listened to that too. But what really inspired me was um, really like uh, Black Sabbath. Uh-huh. Um, even with Ozzy, I love Ozzy, man. Yeah, great songwriter, oh. great, amazing. Judas Priest, you know the stuff, the metal stuff. Basically, huh? when Dio, when I heard Dio, though, that was it. I was like, yeah. I got chills. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? This guy's amazing. And I still feel the same way. He's an amazing singer. He's just, you know, to me, he's the best. And Coverdale, too, in his early days. Amazing. Yeah, you know, and a lot of people, I hear a lot of people compare people and say, well, they kind of sound like Dio. Or they, you know, they sound like this or me that. I've heard those comparisons, and and there are some, some people that I hear that are out there that maybe have some resemblance to style or sound, but you're really one of the best ones that I've heard. So I I, I just have to throw that out there, man. I mean, because it just sounds so natural. You know, some some of the people that are doing that, I feel like you're trying to imitate, um, you know, just because they like it or, you know, it's more of a a push for that direction. But it seems like in your case, you know, it just, that that flow just kind of comes out like he did. He just had this natural ability to, translate you know vocally to to whatever he put down on music and it was great and speaking of black speaking of black sabbath you guys do a great uh, cover of never say die by the way oh you like that yeah i'm happy with that no i thought it was cool it was i I like the fact that it's not an exact uh copy you know when i listen to cover songs personally i like it to not be exactly the same as the original because that's already been done i've already heard it that's true i like it So I like it to be a little bit different. And you guys kind of mixed it just a little bit different, and I thought it was neat. I I, I totally agree with you. We just did, just finished a uh, a tribute to Van Halen, and we did did Mean Street, Holy Mother. And I'll tell you, it sounds so cool, man. We totally put our Holy Mother stamp on it. I I, got to send it to you. It's coming out on a a compilation record. I'm going to send it to you. Oh, I'd love to hear that, man. That's one of my favorite Van Halen songs, too. Did you guys get to pick, or were you just off? We did. We did. My guitar player, Uh, Greg's like, why don't we do Mean Street? I'm like, all right, fine. He did an amazing job on it. Yeah. Um, Everyone did. I'm surprised. The funniest thing, I had three people mix it, though. The guy who's putting putting it out, he's great. His his name is uh, Peter Cooper Schmidt Uh on Long Island. He's got the studio. He mixed it. Um, I wasn't happy with it, and he, we didn't have time. So I'm like, let me have this kid mix it. He's third, like a younger guy. Yeah. And he's, I figured he, you know, could do the job. He did it, and I sat with him when I after he did the mix. I wasn't happy with it. 
Then my guitar player, Greg's like, why don't we use Ray, um, what's his name, uh, uh, Westfall. And I've heard the stuff that he did. He mixed it one time. I heard I'm like, oh, my God, this is it. So it took three <laughs> people to mix it. But I got to wow. send it to you. Sounds yeah, so I'd cool. love to hear that, man. I'd love to hear that. One of my, like I'm going to send my, it to you. One of my favorite Van Halen songs, and, and it's it's got to be great. I mean, if you guys are doing it, I, I can't they, imagine. I'm you know, Like, over the years, I was never – like, some of the stuff we did, you're always like, ah, production's no good. I don't really like mm-hmm. the way I sang it. You're always unsure. Like, today, I'm like, I'm not going through that. I'm going to be happy with everything yeah. that I do. And this is the way the band feels as well. And this song came out so good. I got to send it to you. But with that said, I did – um. Covers. I did. Uh, I don't know if you're, you're familiar with a, a YouTube channel. It's a it's a show called Band Geek. Richie Castellano. No. no, actually, I'll have to look it up. Yeah, look up Mike Torelli, Band Geek. I did three songs. Two songs. The first time I did Children of the Sea. Cool. And I did Here I Go Again. Wow. And then cool. He has, yeah. Then he got a really great response. His show. He's got like eighty thousand followers. He's um. He endorses a lot of pedals, a lot of guitar companies, and he's the uh, he's actually employs the cult. He sings and plays and plays the cult. They just came out with new. His name is oh, Richie wow. Castellano. Yeah, cool. So uh, yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. I think I'll send that to you too. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> and uh, we did one more song about about I think two months ago now. They put uh, it out. Uh, it's a Be With You by Mr. Big. You know that big hit they had with yeah. So we did that too, but uh, nice. got a lot of good response out of that. That was really good. I, I appreciated being on a show. It was great. So tell me, um, this is probably a hard question. Everybody hates to answer this one, but but give it your best shot. Yeah. Top five, top five albums to take with you on a desert island. This is assuming you had a little bit of electricity and a record player to listen to it on. But yeah. um, what what top, top what top five, five? Excuse me. Top five albums would you take with you to listen to repeat? It is very difficult, but I'd like to mix it up again, I guess, you know, so mm-hmm. it's really hard to say because obviously we're all, you know, we've been around music for longer than uh 20 year olds. So we got a lot to choose from. Um, I would have to take, uh, it's kind of vast, but I would have to take anything that Dio is singing. Sure. So it's hard to say any one of his albums, but if I had to pick, I would probably take uh, Heaven and Hell. Uh, great album. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to take, let me see, what else? Probably a Judas Priest record. Uh, I'm with you so far. <laughs> I, I know, and it's so hard to pick some. I, I, I would have to say maybe there's so many great creatures. I, I always enjoyed the Unleashed in the East album, the live one. Mm-hmm. Maybe that. Um, then I'm trying to go mainstream, something like... Uh, Audio Slave, I loved that record that came out in the 90s with uh, yeah. Chris Cornell. God, that was yeah, amazing. I did too. I was kind of hoping they would keep that going, but, yep. uh, you know. <laughs> then to switch it up, I, I it's really hard. I mean, I got into different styles, uh, just for different, I guess I would maybe go with a, like a Don Henley or something, his solo mm-hmm. record that came out in the 80s, um, something like that. Um, and maybe... It's just so hard to pick if it's a variety, you know? <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe I... I hmm, hard to say. Too many... I get, a, I get asked the same question, and I hate it when people ask me, mm-hmm. because I have 
you know, I don't know, 20,000 artists or something, you know, in my, mm-hmm. <laughs> in my music library. I mean, I've got a ton of stuff. So, uh, yeah, and I appreciate, not- appreciate most of it, you know, so it's, uh, it would be hard. Yeah. Maybe Oasis. No, no, there you go. no, no, you know, I'm surprised that a lot of, uh, a lot of hard rock and metal uh, people really, you know, like what they did. Um, I did. Yeah. You know, and I did too. I mean, I thought they were kind of different for the time period that they were coming out. Um, you know, compared to the alternative scene that was happening, they've kind of more almost a classic Beatles like right, exactly. kind of feel right. to them than they were anything else. That's the vibe I got. So just to mix it up, and so I'm not just listening to everything that's going to, you know, back the head sure. the whole time. So, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that might make it hard to be on an island if you're just aggressive and angry the entire time. Right. right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. So what do you consider your greatest accomplishment so far? Because, I mean, obviously you've been around the scene for a lot of years. Hmm. Um, it's greatest accomplishments. Um, I, I have to say, in a nutshell, just hanging around, being in the music business for so many years in and out, uh, not, not you know, bailing out completely, you know, and yeah. always being That's able it. to, always able to play music all this time and also make a living at it. Yeah, and that's an achievement, definitely, because, I mean, that's it's a tough hustle, you know, and I'm sure you can okay. attest to that. Being in the music industry is it's just, uh, you know, a lot of people hear that word rock star and they think you, you know, live this fantasy life. And, right. I mean, it, it's rewarding, <laughs> yep. but it's, yep. it's work, you know, it's, 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 not, uh, it's not all play, I'm afraid. I'm actually uh, reading uh, Sammy Hagar's book right now uh, because it, it's, it's a good read, you know. He didn't have it easy when he was young, I'll tell you. No, that's for sure. So if you weren't performing in a band, which may be hard for you to imagine because you've been doing it so long, what kind of career do you think you would have had? What would you think you would have went into? Say one more time because my phone was beeping and I didn't hear it. Oh, no, that's okay. No, if you weren't performing in a band, um, what kind of career do you think you would have had? What would you have went into? Maybe, for, uh, um, I would probably... Uh, uh, I definitely wouldn't be... A- be a, uh, a police officer like my brothers and my father. <laughs> my father tried to persuade me that way. Uh, not that I didn't want to be, you know, right, right now I'd want to be because it was, at the time I was totally not into that. But I'd probably uh, be doing uh, retail because uh, I worked for a, uh, a retail uh, store. So mm-hmm. I'd probably be into retail, like uh, clothing, stuff like yeah. that. Yep. Cool. And so what, professional sports. Wow. <laughs> if I could be a professional baseball player, that'd be good. I did try out. I had a Yankee tryout years ago. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. Well, that's amazing to get to that point. So that's that's. A it was cool great, thing. but my mind was on girls and music at the time. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that was on the mind of all of us uh, back in those exactly. days. You know. <laughs> That sort of circumvented a lot of opportunities that I might have had for different careers early right, on right? as well. <laughs> exactly. It persuaded me a lot a lot easier than going into anything else. Right? So what do you think of the, the current music thing? I know you mentioned you like some of the, the artists that are out there, but, but overall, and I guess that's kind of another loaded question when I say music scene, because the, the scene is very fragmented and very strange these days, but I think I'm I'm alluding more here to, to to the artists, you know, to the people that are out there. Who who are a couple of the newer bands that are out that you you know enjoy listening to? Um, I enjoy listening to uh, Disturbed, Five Finger Death Punch. Yeah. Uh, 
both interesting. There's a couple other bands. I, I like uh, Rival Sons, too. Great yeah. band, great singer. Yeah, I caught them live a while back, too. They put on a really good show. So. Yeah, I saw them with Black Sabbath, and um, they didn't get, you know, obviously they didn't get the same sound and that Black Sabbath would get as a headliner, but they, uh, they're a great band. Who else modernly? Uh, I, I'll tell you, they're not new-new, but I'll tell you, Lincoln Park did a great job when they came out. They're so innovative. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think they'll probably be one of those bands who sort of, you like know, every that. yeah, every generation you get two or three, you know, mm-hmm. that stand out and, and kind of make the test of time. I think you're right. I think Lincoln Park will be one of those. I mean, his, mm-hmm. his vocals were were different, and the music was, you know, a little bit different than what was happening at the time too with right. the mix of things. So, yeah, I'm yeah. I tell you, I went to a lot of shows because of life. Mm-hmm. She. Uh, she would drag me to shows. Not that I didn't like going to shows, but I've seen a lot of bands that, like, I would see and be like inspired, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it really, um, you know. Oh, I'll tell you one other band that's amazing. That they're not new, but I'll tell you, Ramstein is amazing. Yeah. Best band I ever saw live. Oh, yeah, the live show is incredible. Yeah, sonically and and their production live, it's unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah. I saw them on their first U.S. tour, you can imagine that, and it was in a, a fairly small club. You know, it wasn't to – I mean, now they have all kinds of power techniques and all these things. Right. Um, but they put on the same level of show that you see, uh, you know, with the huge stage setup that they had just on a small stage. They right. did – I mean, that they really were conscious of putting on a show for the people mm-hmm. who came. And it was fantastic. I was blown away. So I was blown away too. I couldn't believe it. it was yeah. You know, like I said, I saw a lot of bands. I saw uh, Alice in Chains. I always liked. I went to see them with Corn this uh, last summer, and 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 I'll tell you why. Alice in Chains was good, but Corn. I was never a fan of Corn, but I I can appreciate what they did big time. But yeah. when I saw them live, I couldn't believe how good. I mean, their drummer is amazing. Ray Dozier or something. Yeah, and yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, they he's were, done a lot of side projects, you know, with uh, with different metal projects with like uh, mm-hmm. people like George Lynch and stuff too. Um, different Ray work, did? Uh, Ray yeah. did? Yeah. That guy's good, man. He knows how to play. Yeah. Man. He's, he's fantastic, yeah. Yeah, they're one of those bands I agree with you too. Live, they're... they're they blew me away. It's just, just amazing, you know. Again, it's a show. You know, I think that's one thing, you know, Gene Simmons takes a lot of crap for saying, you know, Rock is dead. I don't really think Rock is dead. I think it's going to be alive as long as people keep it alive. People want to go do it. But but I think he was right about the showmanship part of it, that, you know, right. clearly a lot of these artists come out and just stand in one spot on stage and they don't put on a show. I know. <laughs> you know? I know. People love that too. Uh, and it makes a difference. <laughs> it does. It does. Even I even saw Godsmack. I was never a fan of Godsmack, but mm-hmm. I'll tell you, they've been doing it a long time. And when they play live, you know, they, they, they have a certain element that that's, that really comes out in their music, you know? So, and I, I tell you, she brought me to so many shows. I mean, uh, Depeche Mode. I saw yeah. them. Great on them. Yeah, they were amazing a couple of times. I mean, totally, totally. We did a remake of uh, It's No Good with Besides Kiss, too. You did. I actually, before we spoke, I, I saw that on YouTube and uh, thought that was really kind of cool. Uh, yeah, it was different. You know, I know that album, but it was, yeah. I, you know, I like that. I like that uh, uniqueness. I like people taking a a risk and trying new things. And uh, you definitely don't seem averse to trying, uh, you know, new things. Uh, right. for, you know, to, 
to, to kind of branch out. So, uh, yeah, I always appreciate that. I think most artists, if they're really creative and true artists, uh, which you guys obviously are, you do have a tendency to evolve a little bit over time mm-hmm. because you, you learn new things, you pick up new things, you appreciate new things as you go. Right. Um, but, yeah, you know, and then, again, like I said, you guys still have that, you have enough of that retro and just heavy riffing metal, you know, feeling that I just totally dig, uh, yeah. you know, on, on top of that. Um, but, you know, you guys can put those light touches, you can put a modern spin on it. Just right. absolutely fantastic. I, I cannot recommend you guys highly enough uh, to we our listeners it. and readers. Um, totally appreciate it, really. Thank yeah, you. we're doing a whole featured artist uh, section on you. Um, awesome. and I, yeah, I'm going to go back over the history a little bit of uh, of your albums, kind of put the discography out there. I know some of that's hard to get. I know, um, I think just uh, Agoraphobia is the only one that's really available like on a streaming platform. And that's my least favorite. Yeah, other than <laughs> yeah, I like that album too. Though I have it now. Trust me, I've I've played it to death the last couple of days. Um, and, and, I did uh, that record myself, pretty much. Me and Jim really? didn't do that record. Yeah, I had uh, uh, you know, Colvin played on it. John Macaluso, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He did all the demos. Yeah, drummer John, and then uh, Frank Gilcrest played the drum. You know, it was a different thing I wanted to try, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the older stuff is hard to get. Toxic Rain, Criminal Afterlife. I don't know if you had that. Uh, I actually ordered online uh, Toxic Rain. I do not have Criminal Afterlife, which I'm looking for now. Uh, and then I, I got your uh, debut. So I have two in the mail on the way to me. Um, good, good, good. And then I, I just picked up Agoraphobia um, online, um, so I, I bought it a download. Um, right. So including the new album, you know, I'm about halfway uh, through your discography, but trust me, I'm going to get it all. <laughs> I'm going to get it all and I'll get it soon. Uh, uh, I'm a collector. When I find a band like you guys that just blows me away to, to this level, um, you know, I'm going to get it all. Trust me. I'm going to get it all and I'm going to listen to it over and over. Yeah, it's great music, man. I, uh, you know, since COVID hit, I've been sort of locked down uh, like everybody else to a certain degree. And um, so I decided to get into shape. Uh, this year, and so I, I walk three to five miles every day around my wow. neighborhood. Uh, and I listen to new stuff that I want to review, but I have to admit, lately, uh, some of that stuff's been getting kicked to the back burner, and I'm playing your albums <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> Don't say that to all the artists. They won't like it. <laughs> but, you know, while I'm walking, I mean, it's great, you know, just pounding, you know, heavy rock. Yeah, it's perfect, you know, to uh, to Thank keep you. motivated, to keep going, you know, and do all that. Yeah. So Great, man. That's awesome. Well, yeah, thanks. I appreciate it, and I appreciate what you do, man. You're you're uh, you're hardcore at this, and uh, you're you're staying with it. So keep the faith, man. I love yeah. it. Thank you very much. Thanks for the support. I will send you over everything I can. I appreciate it, Bobby. Thanks. All Have right. a great day. Yeah, you too, man. All right.